I was thinking we should we should buy some uh, guitars together sometime when we are successful or something. Um, yeah, and then jam. And yeah, we, we let's gotta do actually it. play. Yeah, look at all these pedals. Cam, I have all these are spares. My board is like full. <laughs> There's just no, they don't they don't even need to belong up there on the shelf. They're just oh my uh, goodness, too much, just, too much, too many, too many pedals for you. I love pedals. I love guitar some. pedals. So. Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Barry Lyndon, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Ryan O'Neill and Marissa Berenson. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I have no idea if I'm going to keep that part about the guitar pedals in this show, Cameron. It feels like a little bit of a rich man's flex, um, <laughs> but they, these, I mean... Well, now you, know. you gotta. I mean, you, you have to keep it in. I it it so. kind of tripped me up because I was gonna, I was like trying to catch you off guard, and then it made me kind of forget some of the words that I usually say, <laughs> which is, um, which is, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> it's Monday. Isaac, how are you doing? It's you good. Doing? I'm good. I'm doing pretty good. I, I had a pretty thought-provoking weekend, um, where I just was very reflective on my life, very slow, relaxing, and of course, I watched this movie this weekend as well. But it was good. It was a kind of a reset for me. Um, so it feels like a new leaf is turning. You know, I sound happier than I did in the last episode, probably because I didn't have to watch a movie about rape. All right. So, uh, I mean, that's not what the movie's about. But you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. I know. It, I know what you're saying. I feel quite uh, content and elderly in a weird way after watching I, this film. I was gonna say this is a very pleasant movie in a lot of ways um but well we'll talk about that in a little bit i want to i want to know well first i want to tell you what i've been watching yes it's been like two weeks since we talked about it well also Um, how are you cameron the people want to know and i'm doing fine it's whatever you know (laughs) i'm okay no actually i've been playing literally uh um this this movie reminded me so much (laughs) of my weekend and this week because um I, I've been down hanging out with Kiana. She just got knee surgery. And literally all we've been doing is playing cards. Um, so, <laughs> so I feel j- entirely like uh, the characters in this movie because that's all they do is play cards. Yeah. It's yeah. like, wow, this is this is my life. This is what I've been doing. <laughs> um, no. So, uh, yeah, I, I wa- so I watched um, or I started watching Ozark season 4.2. Um, I'm pretty not very uh happy with it so far i actually my complaints started with season 4.1 um i i don't i think it went in a bad direction uh 4.2 has actually been better the first couple episodes but i'm still like upset with with how it's taken a turn uh but i will let you guys know what i think about it later um and me and juzo actually this was a couple weeks ago but we went to see Hot Fuzz in the theaters. Mm. And that movie is just perfect. It's a perfect movie. I think it's like, it, it's got to be up there for me as one of my favorite movies. Um, not not because it's, I mean, it is perfect, but not because it's like the most significant movie ever. But I can literally, I will, I couldn't just put it on at any time. And um, it will hook me and i will watch the whole thing it's it's like insane i there's there are very few movies that i that i actively think about where like i want to watch again you know what i mean i want to just like put on scenes and stuff and that that is one of them um and another movie that i haven't seen in a very long time but i wanted to revisit um is a movie called catch me if you can by steven spielberg um i don't know if you know this movie isaac are you have you seen it? I have not seen it. I know of it. So. Yeah. So, um starring Le- Leonardo DiCaprio um and Tom Hanks. Um wow, what a fantastic movie. It really is a um it it it's such a fun movie, an energetic movie. Um Spielberg, he just he knows how to how to make scenes. I mean, he really does. We've, we've talked about it together, Isaac, but, um, yeah, this movie is, is basically like, um, nonstop, uh, amazing, not even, it's not an action movie or anything. It's not even really a thriller. It's just fun. Um, and 
yeah, couldn't recommend it highly enough. Um, came out in like 2004, I think. Uh, but yeah, just a just a spectacular movie. Um, I was setting up a new sound system upstairs, actually. Uh, if you don't know my house, uh, you wouldn't know my house, I guess. Maybe some people would, but <laughs> I mean, I doubt um, it. Uh, my house, we've got like a kind of a a living room den area upstairs that um, you know we all uh, use, uh, and then I've got my own um, TV in my room, but, um, I set up a sound system upstairs, uh, cause it was more of an upgrade. Um, and it's actually a Sonos system, mm. I got a sound bar. Um, and I put my, I had speakers downstairs. I put them upstairs as surrounds. Um, still it's a little finicky actually more finicky than I was expecting, but, um, it sounds really spectacular and yeah, so I've been watching movies up there, uh, but Catch me if you can. I wanted to test it out with. So, I've been Have watching. Been... Oh, sorry to cut you off, Cameron. I know no, 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 transition. I uh, I've been watching a few things myself. One which I am very excited to talk about. Okay, uh, it is Batman Beyond on HBO, the two thousand okay. cartoon. There's something about this that show. That is a great show. Uh, I I I saw it and I had been watching, wanting to watch it with my brother. I know a lot of people have like high, a lot of affinity for uh, Batman the Animated Series. Um, for Glenn and I, we loved Batman Beyond. And revisiting this material, uh, yes, it's dated. Yes, the music is dated. Um, but I have no idea why like Hollywood has not tapped into this side of Batman yet. Um, yeah. It's a little bit obscure, but it like is perfect for what's popular today totally super it would be movies. like spider like how spider-man the rev- like uh the newer spider-man movies have been surrounding him as like a high schooler um you know and yeah younger spider-man this is basic yeah this would be totally right up that um you can make it a little lighter uh as well yeah. for batman well, it's also like it's more it's way more colorful right i mm-hmm. i'd forgotten how cyberpunk the city is in this in this movie and you can like have a ton of fun with like that blade runner look they're kind they kind of do a mix between um like tron and a blade runner city because like it has the neons of blade runner but it's much cleaner in the cartoon probably just because of animation resources um and the setup if you don't know the story behind batman beyond is that um and I'm sorry if this spoils a movie 20 years from now, but like it's basically this teenager um, kind of stumbles into a relationship with a very old Bruce Wayne who uh, has a lot of history. I think it's just cool how they introduce him where um, kind of similar to Affleck's Batman where he has a lot of cases of empty suits and you don't know what happened to uh, Robin or Nightwing and, he doesn't want to talk about anything and he doesn't like the fact that there's this young kid. I, I just feels like very, very appropriate for the modern uh, superhero lens. I feel like I'm so shocked that they decided to just make another Batman movie after watching this cartoon where I'm like, this is like free. This is like prime real estate right here. Just go for it. This would totally knock it out of the park. And all you'd really have to do is just cast Batman as like Christian Bale old. You know, or pick like I don't know, even like George Clooney or something. Like get 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 an that old Batman cool. that yeah, to, to yeah. play the role. I think it would be like just superb. I um, don't know if I don't think Christian Bale is like old enough, yeah. really, to play him. I mean, maybe he would like go through an aging process where he like smoked a hundred cigarettes a day so that he could play the role. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like I don't know, but but I think George Clooney would be a really good choice. Yeah. Only because it could give him a little bit of a chance to kind of reclaim a more serious Batman, I guess, um, and to do it a little bit more justice. Also, um, I, yeah. I, I'll just say on the record, I don't want to see this as a movie, but if it happens, um, I it would be interesting. I think it's a good. I think you pointed out it's a very, um, it's a it's an untapped resource uh, in the Batman canon. I really do think that there's some interesting ideas they can explore like there's like gangs in the city that are clowns but there's no joker right Mm -hmm. like it's like his 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 influence has resounded uh 
almost like further than Batman's influence where Batman hasn't been seen for years. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting too. The cartoon opens with Batman almost shooting someone with a gun. And that's like what makes him give up his suit. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like the first five minutes of the show is like, he, he basically is too old to fight and he gets beat up and then he pulls a gun out on someone. And he's like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's fun. It's really good. So am I saying you should watch the animated cartoon if you don't have nostalgia no i don't think it's gonna hold your interest too much but i i think there's something special about like for me at least watching some of these old cartoons you know kind of appreciating their age and i love how breakneck the storytelling is because they have 20 minutes to tell a story right yeah and it's really (laughs) surprising how fast they're able to like put together some pieces they have to really decide what stays and what goes and i just think that job is a storyteller for an animation studio, like it's gotta be, it's gotta be kind of exciting to be like, you know, we have, and, and most of the episodes so far, like have like, you know, pretty simplistic plots, but they're like, they close the loop pretty well every time. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that for, you know, 15 episodes in a cartoon, you know? So. Yeah. um, I think it would be really hard because you also, like you said, you have the constraints of, especially back then, when this was made, um, you had the constraints of the expense of animation. I mean, it was so expensive to make an animated show. Um, so you, you really did have to cut certain things, uh, that you probably wanted to as a, as a creative. So yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. Um, I really loved my nostalgia goes back to the, the original justice league series. Um, as well, I, I watched Batman beyond too, but, um, the the original Justice League series I had on my on my iPod video, um, yeah, little, little tiny screen, and I would I would just watch those episodes over and over again. So uh, yeah, I totally I totally get that that uh, looking back, you know. Yeah, no, I watched some Justice League too, and that's pretty good still. I pro I I'm gonna go out there and say Justice League is probably better than uh, Batman Beyond, but I still appreciate like. I don't know, re- revisiting the cartoon. The only other movie I've watched that I can think of, I'm sure I've watched something else. Oh, uh, I've been watching Walking Dead a little bit with Jules still. Um, season, I think we just finished season three, but I've been like in and out. She's been watching it on her own, which I'm kind of surprised about. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. The show's not as bad as I remember, but it's definitely not good. So um, it's kind of just a, you know, it, a never ending slog, but it, it doesn't yes. feel it, it, it doesn't feel as dark as I remember it as a kid. It feels much more like lost with gore is probably the best way of putting it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of teetering into the nowhere territory. I think Juliana's at the point where she's like, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching it. Cause I just don't really know what they're doing. You know, it seems like they're going in circles yeah. a little bit and it's like, yeah. So season four is, is like, that's where it kind of not that it hadn't gone downhill in season three, but it, it really becomes a wandering mess in a lot of ways. So, right. Right. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I watched is uh doctor strange mystery of Madverse, multiverse, whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> uh, I had to see this movie opening weekend because, um, and, and we didn't talk about it last episode cause we had a lot to get into with the last film. Uh, but, yeah, no, I love Sam Raimi and I love Sam Raimi films. And um, th- not that I've seen them all, but the ones I have seen, I've really enjoyed. I had a lot of fun with this movie. I don't think I liked it because the plot was good or anything like that. I think I liked it because I saw how much Sam Raimi wasn't a substitute director. It's probably like the best way of putting it. Like he had a lot of fun with the horror elements, which people seem to talk about. They're like, I, I I talked to my cousin I was who who saw it and he's younger he's in middle school and I was like did you see the new Doctor Strange he's like yeah it was kind of scary I didn't really like it you know like <laughs> and I was like it was awesome all right like what are you talking about um but it, it's awesome in the sense where it's like like even he was like yeah it was like funny scary which is very Sam Ra- it's like it's hard to describe it's like very campy where uh, the kills are like almost too violent. And it becomes comical, you know, at part at parts. Have you seen the movie? The middle portion specifically has like some 
brutal kills. And it's like, how is this in a Marvel movie? Like, it really doesn't make sense. And that's why I was like, I love it. It's Sam Raimi. Some of the... Um, I, I liked that they made decisions around um, like the trippy mind stuff that happens in Doctor Strange. Instead of it being a CGI nightmare, they did like interesting things with reflections, which is very Sam Raimi if you watch Evil Dead, right? Or, um, you know, just just more like, I guess the, like the mind trip inception side of Doctor Strange wasn't as prominent as much as like the physical uh like mystery um of of the magic and then of course there's the stupid marvel lasers where it's like i'm i magic so i shoot laser out of my hand too so it's like that spliced with actual like fun creative nods towards uh sam raimi's work i thought the ending being really weird or or being like kind of i don't know campy was fun i just found myself like really happy when i left the theater and I know a lot of people have not had that experience. I know a lot of people are like, the Marvel fans are like, that wasn't a, a, a normal Marvel movie. What did they do? And then even the Sam Raimi fans are like, well, that plot wasn't that good and it wasn't that exciting. But I don't know. Like, I don't want to linger on this too much longer. But the thing that I really pulled away from it is I like how the main question for Doctor Strange as a protagonist is, are you happy? Which I love because they keep bringing that up throughout the movie. And that's kind of the driving point of conflict, even for the villain in the movie who's pursuing. It's like a movie about the pursuit of happiness and like what that costs and how it's like unsatiable at some point. And that's probably reading too deep into it. But I think when people get upset about the plot points or upset that portions were a little too violent and things like that, I'm like, I don't really think that's really, I don't think, although it like it clutters what could have been said more prominently, uh, I don't think that was what the point of the movie was. And I felt like uh, I was kind of just reflecting at the end of it being like, yeah, like even if you have everything, are you still happy? And I thought that was interesting to kind of think about uh, even coming from Raimi's perspective, even if I'm interjecting that, like I, I, I think that um, I think this movie will be looked on in the future a lot more positively than its initial reception. Um, so, and you know, that's what happened with the Spider-Man trilogy too. So I, 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 I mean, just you wait, you know, just you wait, guys. Sam Raimi has that capability, you know. Mm. Well, this is Cinema Spectator. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get exclusive benefits for the show. Have your questions read on air. If any of our patrons ever want to write in, just message us. Please, you can have a question read on the air. I'm not going to beg anymore. I'm not even going to promote the show. I'm going to cancel the Patreon, burn down the website, and be done with it, all right? If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can just give us a rating on iTunes, tell friends and family, all that stuff. Helps the show grow. The shilling is driving Cameron insane. He's almost going to end it all and stop the recording. Cameron, it's time to actually <laughs> finally talk about this movie. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, so Barry Lyndon, um, this is going to be... Uh, I don't know. I didn't count how many... Uh, uh, Kubrick movies we've watched so far, but um, I think this is his third to last movie that he ever made. Um, uh, I have to, I have to get that right. Let's see. It's his fourth, fourth to last. I forgot the shining. Um, it's his fourth to last movie that he ever made. So um, right before the shining, he made five years after um, this is kind of a lot of uh, it's not lost, but it's an often forgotten Kubrick movie, uh, except when people talk about, Kubrick's style um and then this is like the first movie that they bring up uh with everything else I mean people I don't even think people really know what this movie is about or and most people that I know have never seen it so um <laughs> this is definitely one that has kind of been um lost in the wind of other classics of Kubrick but I think it's still it's still significant for a couple of reasons. One is I think the imagery is so iconic um, and tells some of the importance of, of what I think Kubrick means to a lot of people, um, a lot of film nerds. Um, I think this movie, even if you, you don't care about any of its substance, any of its um, meaning, which, you know, we might argue about, 
Um, I think this movie has so much to add to the film canon in terms of just absolute um, beastly cinematography. I mean, it is it is just I mean, it's one of the most gorgeous movies um, that I've ever seen. So it's pretty impressive that that he was able to do this. Um, and we could talk a little bit about the technical side of things, uh, which is also very famous. But um, this was the first time that I've ever seen it. So um, I actually just finished it today. Uh, it's it's a movie that I really enjoyed, actually, on first watch. So uh, I'll I'll be curious to see how much I um, think about it later on. But uh, but genuinely, I was I was kind of dreading it because um, when I think about three hour Kubrick movies that are notorious for being not very emotional um, in set in uh, 18th century England, um, that just seems like a recipe for me not uh, caring and not mm. <laughs> wanting to watch. Right. Uh, but surprisingly, I actually really quite enjoyed it. And some of the things that I probably would have shied away from or would have assumed that I wouldn't have liked um, were the things that I did enjoy the most. Um, I really liked the um, kind of the the gentry of it and the um, elegance in some ways. It's a very distant movie. It's a very emotion. Well, I, I don't want to say um, people have said that this movie like lacks emotion or that he's he's very cold um, in this movie. I don't think that's that true. I think the perspective of the narrator maybe um, is pretty distant. It's it's very um, uh, it it's a little bit of a cold glance at at the at the facts, but in a lot of ways ways this movie has very deep and very intense emotions, um, much more so than um, than some of Kubrick's other movies, and I think the facade of um a lot of the you know pomp and circumstance of the movie um is there specifically to obscure the fact that it it has an emotional core and a dramatic core um which i think is a very interesting choice for for kubrick to do um this was based on a book by uh, William Makepeace Thackeray. Um, it's called The Memoirs of Barry Lyndon Esquire. Um, and it's, uh, I think one of the, so what I was reading a little bit about the book, um, which has a first person perspective. Um, so you're reading from the perspective of Barry Lyndon as an unreliable narrator. Um, and that was one of Kubrick's main um, changes in the movie was to instead give it a um, third person uh, a third person narrator who is very omniscient um, and is telling basically all things and you could kind of argue that he's he's like from outside of time with with the epilogue like he's just relating this uh, very emotionless but I think the um, the choice to do that um, re also reflects a little bit of the, um, a little bit of the, uh, I guess the attitudes of the people in the movie, sort of distancing themselves from each other in a way to to hide their emotions and to sort of put on this this big show to to maybe distract the um, the other spectators from what's really going on. Uh, which I think is is probably intentional on Kubrick's part. Um, so yeah, for me, I really appreciated this movie. Um, I it's three hours long, so it's not one that I'm likely to revisit that often. But I think, given what I know and understand about and like about Kubrick, um, this is definitely one that that is up there for me in in the canon because. Um, it's kind of different. It's a different movie for him. Um, and it's, it's actually very, um, refreshing in a lot of ways. I think this movie has so much, um, it, it, it's very, 
it's his closest to like literature form that I've seen him do. Um, even though all of his books basically are based off of, or all of his movies are based off of books. So, um, with that, Isaac, um, what did you think of Barry Lyndon? Yeah, I, I wanted to dislike this movie more than I did. I, um, yeah, me too. I think on paper it is so boring. Um, this movie follows the life of a character named Barry Lyndon, and no, he does. his name is Redmond Barry. Right, Redmond Barry. Whatever. I don't even. I I couldn't really pay attention to the names because <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of keeps going, you know. Um, do they not call him Barry? So his his originally his name is Redmond Barry, um, and when he marries uh, Lady Linden, that's when he gets his. Oh, name okay, all right, yeah. all right. Um, yeah. So it basically, follows the life of this young guy who, uh, I guess I'll just kind of give an overview because it kind of just goes on and on. But it, he falls in love and he makes some decisions that puts him on an adventure. Uh, where he finds himself in different places and learns about the ways of the world and, you know, how to make money or how not to make money or how to illegally make money on his on his journey and refinding love and having a family and kind of all of that all mixed in one. Um, so it's very, it feels very biopic-esque. Um, and... I think what's interesting about the design is it's um, it feels like a biopic for someone that you don't need to care about or you don't need to know about. But slowly throughout the film, you kind of become extremely invested in this character and you're not even sure why as well, which I think is interesting because you're like, he's not a good guy, but he's not really a bad guy. You know, like it's kind of like it's a weird you're in this weird gray area with this, with this person's life. I think what makes him so relatable is he's an understandable character. Uh, there's something about him that even though you don't agree with every decision he makes, you kind of accept that is who he is. And even if he's making decisions that are morally wrong or gray, he does what most people do which is kind of ignores them or moves away from them or focuses attention on something else. Right. Um, so it, he has, he has like a very unique character for a protagonist. He's not an anti-hero. He's not, um, like a good upstanding citizen. He's not even a charismatic person, uh, in moments, which I, I, he's very flat. He's very neutral. Um, and you get to witness kind of a, a neutral man's life, a man open to a lot of influence, right? Um, well, and I, I think one thing that you mentioned um, is that like his, 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 he makes a lot of decisions, good or bad. Um, but the, the, the decisions that you see in the beginning half kind of make him, uh, he's, he's an underdog at first. Um, it's kind of an underdog story. And so you see him kind of rise in a little bit of, of, power and glory and that that is kind of your buy-in right that's that's like yeah. why you're you're interested in the first half and then you know on the flip side then he becomes in some ways the tyrant not not quite so much but you know he becomes sort of a um not someone to root with but by that time you know you're you're sort of bought into his story in a lot of ways coming from nothing and and kind of being cast out of his of his own family to um somewhat of a of a you know place of relative wealth so um yeah that's why i think his decisions are are interesting and relatable because you're you're in it for the underdog story in the beginning yeah and i i don't know like i found myself very engaged with the plot at moments and then very distant but still pleasantly cruising along almost like i was sitting yeah. Uh, like on a river raft in Tahoe yeah. or something, you know, like it's <laughs> totally. very like you're just kind of going with it, you know, and I watched this on a very lazy Saturday. And to be honest, I I remember thinking like I don't want to watch this long movie, um, 
But I got through the whole thing in one sitting, which I know a lot of people advised me not to do. And um, there were moments that I think I was like, well, maybe I should do something else. Or there were little moments that I kind of tuned out, to be to be honest. Um, but yeah, I I think what's weird about this film is you can overanalyze it, right? Uh, in the context of like who Kubrick is and whatnot and the beauty of the cinematography. But I really didn't watch it that way at all. Um, I kind of watched this movie from a distance and somehow I enjoyed it. And I'm not entirely sure why I enjoyed it, you know, because I was like, like this is like, it feels like a movie that my grandma would want to watch that is kind of boring, you know? Um, there's there's I'm another your grandma movie. in this in this situation. <laughs> there, there's another movie it kind of reminded me of Cameron. Do you remember we watched um what was it? The The Count of Monte Cristo or something with with Scott Zacchetti. Do you remember that? Uh vaguely. I don't remember. Oh, I think yeah, I I do I do actually remember watching that. It wasn't with Scott. It was with David, wasn't it? David Amon. Um I don't Oh, I guess it's a book. I just looked it up. It is a book, yeah, and a movie. Yeah. Um I guess yeah, I remember the movie was kind of like that, but the 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 the, the like driving factor is sort of a love triangle, but they kind of it kind of is like an underdog adventure sort of journey in this very old English, you know, kind of I I don't know, like aristocratic yes know, yeah. yes something, something like that. but this one i think is more like a little more pirate focused they all kind of blend together for me to be honest for sure um but yeah the this movie um it was it was weird because i wanted it to end but i also towards the end of the film i i was still engaged do you know what i mean like yeah i, I well, think that's I, what that's what I was so surprised about is I wanted it to be over, but I was still engaged. And I, I think it really clicked like in that in that duel scene at the end. Totally. I was just like, I'm so bought in to whatever's happening here. I don't even know if I understand why I'm bought in. <laughs> I don't even know why I care about this scene. And the scene is is just indulgently long, too. Yeah. All, it's awesome. all, all it's of so this good. movie is indulgently long, you know? Um, but you don't hate it. I I just, or I couldn't hate it. And I think what's, what I'm confused about with my recommendation is, did I have a lucky experience or is there something (laughs) ingenious about this movie? You know, uh, it could be both. I mean, let's, let's not, let's not throw out the possibility that it could be both. No, I, I, I do. So I, I had the same sort of feeling that, um, I was, I mean, it's so, it's such a long movie. Um, but you, after a certain while, it has like a rhythm to it where yeah. after a certain while you're like, you're like, yeah, okay. You know, it's like the rocking of a boat, you know, like you said on the river, on the river ride, <laughs> you know, yes, you're, yeah. you're like, you're like, okay. You know, like, like we're going to hang out with, with Barry here in, in his, in his little house, or we're going to hang out with him at, uh, playing cards in, at, you know, at his homemade casino with, with the, weird count dude or whatever um you know and 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 i think i think the beginning half i was a lot less engaged with the narrative elements of it um i think especially like kind of like you were saying um he's not really a character that you care about that much um except for the fact that his story is an underdog story and so when he's when he's sort of captured by uh by the prussians or when he's you know um, trying to win back favor and, you know, all the, all these things that he's doing, like that, that is more the buy-in. Um, but his own personal story, his personal narrative, you don't really care about that much because he's, he's a little bit of a vessel in some ways. Um, he doesn't do that much in the beginning. He, he certainly makes, he like makes left left and right choices, but the path that he's walking on is is you know essentially the path that's made for him, um, and you know y- you get that very early moment with him 
uh, deciding to duel with, uh, uh, I forget his name, but, um, you know, he, he falls in love with his cousin and, and he decides to duel the person he, that she's engaged with. And that very early moment, you're, you're, I was really bought in. Um, and I, I loved that sequence. And then the sequence after that, he goes off and he joins the army and it kind of, I, my attention slipped a little bit. I was like a little less engaged in what was going on there. But then, um, eventually, you know, he becomes, uh, a, a prisoner of war. He like escapes and, uh, there's like many of these things that sound kind of exciting that aren't like that exciting, but, right, um, right. you know, the, these little moments kind of add up and you're, you're in it for the ride. Um, and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm interested to see where this thread goes. Um, and that is like the rhythm of the, of the whole movie. It's like, it's like setting up something that catches your interest to follow it until it sort of that, that interest wanes and then it catches you with something interesting again and then it follows you and then it catches you with something more interesting and then it, and then it, you know, drains that. And so I think, I think a lot of the goodwill of you being interested is, um, spent by the next time that you're interested again. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So, so you're, you know, you, you get hooked on a moment or a scene like for me, one one huge moment that I think is so brilliant and is like insanely well done is um do you remember the scene with with Lady Lyndon's husband, um, who is sickly? Um yeah. so Sir Sir Charles Lyndon, and he's yelling at at Barry. Um, right, right. That scene is like it is like insanely good to me. And um, then from that afterwards, it's like, then, you know, he wins her over. He um, gets, get they get married. And then he like blows smoke into her face, which, which I thought was right. like, was like the most amazing sort of turn of events. Like that, those couple of scenes is, is like a little short story that is so brilliantly, constructed to keep me engaged for the next you know kind of couple boring probably 20 25 minutes or whatever maybe not that long but um you know so like there are these things that happen that are so engaging so exciting um that keep you on board um and then you kind of go through the plot as it goes along not to say that those parts are necessarily boring either because in a lot of cases, you're stimulated by, you know, the amazing visuals of the movie. Um, I mean, for every scene. So it's not like that wanes that much. Um, I think it's so easily taken for granted, too, because of the pace of the film. Um, but it is very, like, easing. It's like yeah. very... It, everything that you see is, like, relaxing and i don't know like it's just even even the conflict of of the film there's a battle scene that is just very relaxed you know like <laughs> people are getting shot and falling over and you're like this is like a painting you know like this is <laughs> yeah yeah it's not even like violent it's just like it is it, it's existing it's just there you know um and even a death like there's a death that happens in that scene it's very beautiful very peaceful muddy trench that they're in it's i don't know like there's just something that kind of reminds me about like the shire and lord of the rings or something the yeah whole, the whole movie feels like that you know to a hundred percent yeah so <laughs> it's yeah it's very um again like i just i feel mixed about the recommendation because i didn't dislike it when I I think what I'm so impressed about is how much I wanted to dislike this movie and how I still couldn't. Um, Yeah. And I think that is probably the highest praise I can give it. And I'm hesitant because I know people could watch this and dislike it. Um, I think so much of the conversation around expectation um, for a movie comes into play with this. I can... I wanted to watch it in one sitting because... 
I was trying to imagine sitting in the theater and watching it. Uh, this feels like a very Saturday morning kind of movie. That you Did you take a break see. during the intermission? Uh, I, th- I might have went to the bathroom. Yeah, or I did too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it feels like a very like, you know, you, you'd go watch this film on a Saturday morning with your parents or something. I don't know. It It's. <sighs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I still am not. I'm very split on how to feel about this movie because I liked it. And I didn't want to like it. That's just a very, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know if I've felt this way about the movie. And it's not even like I liked it even though it was inappropriate or bad or like, or there are things in the movie that were negative and stuff. Like, I feel like, I felt like this movie was very, um, just like, you know, whatever. It's just very like, <laughs> it's very like flowy. I don't know. I just, I kind of just let my feelings go with it. And yeah. I didn't I wasn't disappointed in that regard. Um so Well, and I, and yeah, you you bring up a good point. It's not um like I wasn't conflicted about it in terms of like it having good and bad. Um I think even the slower portions or the more plot heavy portions still are very beautifully constructed and well well done and even if i maybe my attention was waning a little bit um i don't know if it was the fault of the movie necessarily just because um it's a lot to 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 keep your attention for a long time but i think the impressiveness of it is that it it's able to rebound you and bring you back into the fold like you're never you're never lacking attention for you know for more than a i mean a you know, a couple scenes at most. And so it really does a great job, I think, of um, finding just a little a little thing to keep you intrigued um, and interested. And there's something to be said about that for how distancing the filmmaking is and how distancing the subject matter is. For, for me, I mean, personally, like I don't I don't care about really this time period in England that much. So I it, this is not like that interesting to me as a as a subject. But I think the the fact that it's able to pull me in and keep me engaged for for any length of time is a a serious um, kudos to to Kubrick, because. I mean, I, I want to talk about a couple scenes in particular, so um you mentioned the final duel, which I think is such a brilliant, brilliant scene. Um, not just because of what's happening in the plot, although it's set up, you know, hours earlier, basically it's, it's set up or it feels like hours, I guess. Um, and the, the sort of the the feeling underneath all of the pomp and circumstance of the of the duel is so brilliant and subtly done it's like it's it's like i don't know it, there there's something about that scene that that just pulls me right in um because of what's underneath the surface that is so um invisible maybe to to someone who's not looking for it but it's so easily seen um, if you just, you know, open up a little bit um, to the emotion of the scene. You know, the the confliction that um, uh, what's his stepson's name? I I, I don't remember. Um, yeah, again, I couldn't name you a character in this movie, but uh, the stepson, Lord Lord Bullington. Yeah, that's that's his name. Um, so. Lord Bullington, he, you know, he basically is throughout the whole movie, the a big theme is dueling and sort of the honor culture of um, 18th century England. And, and the idea of, um, you know, challenging someone to a duel and whether or not it's, you know, basically like dueling i think was illegal at this time and 
everybody in the film is totally happy to do it and happy to set it up. And it, it totally is, is a, is a common thing to, to, to do in this, in this universe. Um, and so the idea behind that is, you know, these, these duels are for honor there. I think he says like, are, are you, um, are you satisfied basically, and, you know, in this, in this last duel? Um, do you, do you want to stop basically? Are you, is it okay? You challenged, you know, the duel has commenced, you know, you're done with the duel. And so his, his purpose, the stepson's purpose was not to regain his honor. It was to, to kill, um, Barry Lyndon. And the conflicting nature of that, that you can see is that he doesn't want to die, which is again, another part of the the honorable system of being willing to, to die to being willing to take a bullet yourself, um, to stand up for your own honor. So he doesn't want to take a bullet really. He's afraid to, to, to duel, but he wants to kill Barry Lyndon. And this is like the easiest way. And he plays it so well, the, the trembling and the fear, um, it's just it's just so beautifully done and you're right that it's indulgently long but i think i think the construction of that scene is so tense and so powerful that the the length of those scenes is like it's like the length in uh, in like um the good the bad and the ugly or something it's it's like it, you know what i mean it's like it feels like that to me where it's like yeah, it's long. It's overly long, but it's it's tense and it doesn't it does it it's captured me and my attention. And so I don't mind that it goes on forever because it's it's so um you know, I'm on the edge of my seat basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um I think that scene I'm wondering what what I was thinking about, Cameron, is I wonder if that scene would make like would still be powerful and cool to someone who didn't watch the rest of the movie, you know, because I, I, I like like if you just took the scene alone, obviously it's not supposed to be watched that way at all. But um, I think like it's almost like you couldn't have appreciated the scene. if You just watch it on YouTube unless you went through the whole ordeal. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that's what really starts to feel rewarding towards the end of this film is that it's like you've went through it with this guy. You know, like you've you've been through his life journey and it just makes you so much more uh, convinced by the tragedy or the joy or, or the different parts of his life, you know? Um, I... Yeah, it's it's just such a peculiar movie for me and I keep circling back to this cuz it's like I just don't I don't really want to recommend it, but I really also don't mind if people watch it because I think it's going to be like I I think most people will have that experience of like I don't know why I just kind of enjoyed it, you know. Um and I've also just been considering like why like what the heck why is this a Kubrick movie you know like why why this of all the other uh things he could have made because this feels so different than anything else I've seen by him and I know that he probably has his signatures in it but it really does feel like you know if The Shining is like a pre-workout you know, pumping iron, like crazy gym night. Like this movie would be like a yoga trip to the Himalayas for, <laughs> for him, you know, like, it's like, it's like he really went for a different kind of workout with this film. Um, even though his signatures are still on it, uh, it was like the difference between pulling espresso and making a 20 hour cold brew. Like they're both coffee, but like, for him, he like wanted to spend the time in, on the on this one and in that universe. Um, well, I can tell you a little bit why he made the movie. Um, partially, it's because he he actually didn't want to make this movie. He wanted to make 
um, a biopic of Napoleon, which I think you could totally see in this, mm. um, in in I, the way that he's constructed I, this movie. I didn't want to say it, but I was almost like he was given something to make that he didn't want to do, and then he just did it his own way. You know, I I think he did still want to do this movie. I think he wanted to do Napoleon more, and he had always throughout his life he he wanted to do a, a movie on Napoleon, and, and he never could. Um, and, uh, unfortunately there was a movie, I think in 1970 or 1971 called Waterloo, um, that completely bombed. And so, um, I think it was MGM. He was working with the MGM, right? I, I don't remember, but, um, no Warner's, there's, uh, Warner brothers was like, no, you can't do a Napoleon movie. <laughs> there's no way <laughs> we're not, we're not financing that. Um, and you know, partially, obviously, all of his movies, but basically, all of his movies are are based off books, and this, I think, he really connected to probably in a similar way that he did with with Napoleon. Um, it, I I think I think if he had made his you know great epic of of Napoleon, it probably would have looked and felt a lot like this. So, um, I think you can see. You can see some ties, probably. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I get like before we started recording, Cameron. I was like, I don't know exactly what to say about this film besides my conflict, right? My my feeling where it's like, I enjoyed it, but I also, you know, I I don't know. I took it very face value. You know, I didn't overanalyze it. I didn't like obsess over the cinematography. I just kind of like rode with it. And it was pleasant from that perspective. So much of our show, we talk about expectation going into a film, into a film. And I, I think what I'm really kind of scratching my head on, and I know I've already said it and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself for you guys, but like, I'm just, I'm just thinking like my expectation was boredom and frustration with this movie walking in and somehow it like it kind of calmed me down and let me just ride with it and i was like i don't know that's just weird you know like i don't know i've never watched a movie like that um where usually if i walk in with negative or bad expectations a movie kind of shocks me out of that or it surprises me out of that or it or it uh does something that subverts my expectation in a weird way. i was like oh i get it you know like i'll have like kind of this moment with a film and this movie it does it does it does that kind of winning over in a way that i don't i i've never seen in any movie so uh, that doesn't mean it's the best movie i've ever seen we've mentioned a lot of films on this podcast so far that i would have rather wanted to watch um you were talking about how you can't wait to like watch hot fuzz every time you think about it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's like, this movie is not that like, I don't, I no. do not want to return to this movie. Um, but can't say I disliked it, Cameron. That's, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. What else do you want to add to this? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the length is, is probably an issue for people. Um, so I, I don't begrudge anybody for being like, ugh. That movie's boring or whatever. Um, but I, I really was surprised at how much I enjoyed it and how much I was bought into the story, um, connected to the characters, even for a movie that is supposedly or even, you know, in some places very distant from yourself as an audience member and from the from the characters, uh, you know, being in sort of this omniscient third person view. Um, but I was I was really surprised at how much I was engaged with it and especially sort of the last probably hour of the movie i was really um uh moved in in you know several places uh like i think the the whole sequence with him and his son uh you know he gets his son a horse and uh you know certain things happen i think that whole sequence is so well done um, and emotional and in that way that is like emotional but behind a, a, f a facade behind a face of of being unemotional um, and so yeah I, I was really I was really 
pleasantly surprised about this movie. Very happy with, you know, that we decided to watch it. Uh, and I, I'm going to add it to movies that I appreciate from Kubrick, even though yeah. not all of his movies I like particularly. I think all of his movies I can say that I've seen, I I have very much appreciated for what they've done. Um, a couple notes on the cinematography because I think it is pretty important to the, to the soul of this movie. Um, the cinematography was meant to evoke a certain, um, artistry, uh, certain, you know, paintings of the era essentially. And I think specifically it was, um, Thomas Gainsborough who was the major inspiration for a lot of the cinematography of the movie. Um, another thing that is pretty notable, oh, and just to mention that, like you can, if you really want to break it down, you can see how much of the light is, is motivated in a way that is, is so quintessential from paintings of the era, you know, coming in through a giant window, you know, on people. And, uh, it's, it's really beautifully done. And then in the other sequences that are shot at night, all of that is, um, shot with practicals with candlelight, um, and so they used no not they used no you know lighting rigs of any kind in those uh, scenes. It was all candles, and in order to do that, they had to actually custom make a lens from a <laughs> from a NASA rocket. Um, the, it was you know it was a it was one of those probes that go up and they take pictures. Right. And it was decommissioned. And so they, they took the lens that was a 0.7 aperture and they, uh, they modified it and slapped it on their camera. Um, and that's why a lot of the sequences with the candlelight is, it, it looks very soft and like dreamlike. Um, but it's just because they, th that's, that's what they had to do to capture the light in those scenes. Also, point seven. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's the it's the <laughs> it's the widest aperture lens um, I think basically ever made. Um, so yeah, what's like a standard uh, aperture lens that's like low light? Um, well, if you're talking about zooms, it's like two point eight. If you're talking no, about no, 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 primes, no, no. I'm talking I'm talking point, about like primes. One point eight, one point four is considered like a very wide a very fast lens and then 1.2 is considered like an, an ultra fast lens. Right. Yeah. So 1.2 to, to get and and Canon has made ones that were like 1.0 or like 0.95, <laughs> oh but gosh. like that's, that's like, that's like the top end basically. Woo. Um, yeah. So gotta get me an L L series <laughs> lens. Um, but the the candles were also specially made. They had three wicks so that they burned really fast. I don't know if you noticed that, but all mm. the candles were like <laughs> like crazy flame, um, and like all all burnt down basically because they you know they had to use them for the takes. So right, um, just just like those little details, I think are really interesting um, and things that I when you're when you're watching it, I don't know if you necessarily notice, but. Um, utilized so well the cinematography i think is just brilliant in how it's uh how it's able to evoke you know the you know what what we think of from the era which is you know paintings contemporary paintings so yeah good stuff all around um that's kind of all i have to uh, next week we're going to revisit a movie. So this week we did one that neither of us have seen next week. We're going to do a movie that we both have seen and we're going to watch full metal jacket. So, Oh my gosh, I can't wait. There's so much of this movie. That's a blur to me. <laughs> um, and I just remember really loving the end of this film. I'm not sure why. Yeah. And I love the beginning of this movie and, it's it's a great movie. I I can't wait. I can't wait to talk yeah. about it with you. So, that I don't think I could. Week. I I don't think I could really tell you recall like everything that happened in this movie. I remember there's yelling. <laughs> I remember there's something with 
I guess, spoiler warning. Uh, <laughs> there's something with suicide or bullying or something, which is very weird. And then there's a really great combat scene at the end that I was just like, I feel like it's one of those scenes that is just like a dream. Like if you're stuck in combat in your dream, like that's what it feels like. You know, yeah. that's what I remember yeah. thinking about the end of that movie. So I'm really excited to revisit it. I wonder if I'll feel, I probably will feel like just as much. Oh, Cameron, we got to do, I mean, I've been kind of digging the war movies lately. I think we got to do a war movie month. Yeah. You, you think know? so? Okay. I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in over 10 years. Okay. Like well, it's, I got to think I, about I, the ones that I, that I'd want to show you because there's, there's a lot of war movies, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. Um, have you seen Apocalypse Now? No, I don't think. All right. Well, I don't think so. It's a pretty interesting one. So I think I've seen the first 10 minutes of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, with that's like, pretty famous. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, no. Oh, uh, I wanted to mention, I totally forgot to talk. We're wrapping up, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. um, I totally forgot to mention that me and Juzo actually went to to the theaters and saw two movies like the other day. So, oh, so we saw The Northman. Um, oh, how was it? It was awesome. It was so good. I would recommend it to you. It's so okay. Good. I kind of, I kind of wanted to watch it. I, I'm not sure why. Legit, I, I it kinda... is. It's really, really good. Um, and then we watched um, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, the Nicolas Cage, um, right, right, comedy. It's not very good. I, I wouldn't recommend it. So uh, yeah. unfortunate. But um, we, we, you know, me and Jusa were talking about how we have a yearly Nicolas Cage outing. Uh, so you know we have to we have to keep up appearances. You know. Yeah, I mean, what could beat Pig though? No, know? nothing I mean, can beat hey. Pig. Nothing can beat Mandy. I, I was, I was, you know, I think Jusa was very negative on it. Um, I was like more just disappointed. It, it just is like a dumb comedy. It's right, not like right, very right. good. So, eh. not not. He's a, a he's a weird guy. I mean, you really I don't know. It's, he's it's, awesome. It's, it's roulette with him in his movies. You <laughs> no, know? no, no. He so. he was great. His performance was great. Sure, the movie sure. all around. I think was just just pretty lackluster. It, it wasn't. If it you wasn't if you haven't seen Face Off with Nicolas Cage, you should definitely oh, watch that. one. Amazing. It's, That's like it's, it's so top good. tier. <laughs> top tier. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, yeah, Cameron, good episode. I feel like I'm about to take a nap. You know, I apologize if this episode was boring, but I feel like no, it no, fits no. the feeling of the movie. It was you know? it was Kinda... very relaxing. It was a relaxing yeah. episode. Yes. I can't wait till we do uh, Yozujiro Ozu, um, who is basically like all of his movies are that relaxing feeling. It's amazing. It's like the best. I love Cameron. There's too many. There's too many months we gotta do. I mean, you do a lot of obscure people. I have no idea who you're talking about <laughs> most of the time. Like, we gotta do some themes. We gotta do war. We gotta do. I. I think. I think it's time, Cameron. Should we do I war next I, week? But I. I uh, we were talking about me and Juzo were talking about doing Fincher as kind of a, a, a heads and tails of Kubrick. Um, I mean, it's really up to you, dude. I. You can do whatever you want. I just know that. War would be interesting. I don't. Th well, I think it would be more enjoyable for me. I don't know if the audience would like it. I know that the audience would probably enjoy an anime month or oh. an anime movie oh. month. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, I know oh. it would suck. All right, but you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, you know, I completely write off this kind of film. Like I never <laughs> want to watch anything like that. Um, and I hate it usually. What do you, uh, but uh, we I have been wrong. <laughs> I have been, I have been wrong before. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not thinking like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think there's like these movies that are on HBO, um, that are like famous. Like, uh, is it the Miyazaki movies? I think so. I'm not sure. Um, but people tell me that they're very good. And I don't know. Is it like Spirited Away true. and Yeah, that's one of, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. That, that, that one. Miyazaki Miyazaki movies. Yeah. Yeah. I've um, never seen any of that and don't really you know, I'm not really interested either. So I, I just I wonder if we could bring something. A Miyazaki is good and, and like my disdain for anime isn't 
isn't him necessarily because he yeah he's a he's a good filmmaker he's got he's got some great movies but um yeah i just i anime just is like you know i don't know no sure it's got a bad reputation in my mind no clearly man (laughs) clearly (laughs) i i'm with you all right i'm just trying to throw things out there that have people that might that might breed interest cameron so i'll let you brainstorm what we're going to do next but yes next week full metal jacket and yeah, we try to post every Monday. We appreciate you guys supporting the show. Thank you for listening to the end. We appreciate uh, your time spent with us, and uh, we will be on your feed next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.